Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. James chapter number 4, we'll be looking at verse number 1 down through verse number 5. We'll read those verses and, and pray and get into the message. James chapter 4 and verse number 1, From whence come wars and fightings among you? James starts this section out with a question, but he doesn't just leave the question open-ended. He immediately gives us an answer. He said, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the scripture that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Let's pray. Father, we know that you're the God of all grace. Lord, you're the God of all wisdom. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would direct us through the scriptures this morning that we might hear what you have to say unto us. I pray that what we are not, that you would make us. What we know not, may you teach us. And for that, we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Uh, James has just got through in chapter number 3 telling us about the two wisdoms that we find. There is an earthly wisdom and there's a heavenly wisdom. He mentions... In verse number uh, 16, uh, in fact, we go back to verse number 15. This, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Then he tells us in verse number 17 where heavenly wisdom comes from. He said, but wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And he concludes chapter number three that we dealt with last week. He concludes it with this. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That fruit of 
righteousness that he's talking about is the same thing that that Paul tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, those are the things that we find in Christ. And those are the things that are developed with Christ working in us and through us. We mentioned that if there is any good work in you, if there is any good work through you that is a true good work, it is Christ. It is Christ working in you. We can have right intentions sometimes, and those right intentions, we can develop some work within ourselves. But we discussed even previously how that our good works, the best that we can do, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that they are filthy rags. So even our good work sometimes is sin because we're doing it to bring glory to ourselves and not glory to the Father. And if we're doing it to bring glory to ourselves and not glory to the Father, then we're doing it in an idolatrous way and therefore it's sin. I said all of that to say this, that James has given us a picture of two roads. There are two avenues that we can travel in this life. Most all of us want to be wise. Most all of us want to have knowledge. We want to, we want to make the right decisions. We want to do the right things. But sometimes we don't know where to go to get that wisdom from. Or we go to the wrong place to get that wisdom. James is telling us there are two roads that we're walking down and he's calling the readers to choose the right road before they run down the wrong road. He has termed it this way. He's called one earthly wisdom and he's told us that that is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And he's told us there is a wisdom that comes from above. Remember the wisdom of the world that James speaks of. He told us that in verse number 16. He said, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. It is one thing to see such an attitude of fake reality or, or a competition show, if you will, but it's quite another when it comes to our daily lives, when we're considering our walk, when we're considering our, our life itself, we need to be looking at the proper and right wisdom. How often do we hear the terms, it's only business, or how many times have we heard the term, all is fair in love and war. Uh, all's not fair in love and war. Uh, such selfish attitudes breed success in the eyes of the world, but it does not bring success before God. It does not bring success as we see these scriptures. Uh, Spurgeon even makes a statement about verse number two. He said, Ye lust and ye have not, ye kill and ye desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, and yet ye have not because ye ask not. 
Spurgeon makes this statement. He says, if a person's desire or or longing to fall into nature, if they begin and end with self, if the chief end of which one lives is not to glorify God, but to glorify self, then one can desire, but they will have not. They're not going to have because it's not for the right reason and for the right purpose. This worldly wisdom comes from an idolatry of the world, from a mindset that Jesus calls a friendship with the world. And we're going to see that as we walk down through this passage of Scripture. It is a covetous It produces quarrels and fightings and even murder among uh, one another. And it has no place in the heart of a Christian. God calls His church to a different sort of wisdom. The sort of wisdom we are called to. uh, If you look back in chapter number 3 and verse number 13, He tells us this in verse number 13, Who is a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and with wisdom. James is talking about this wisdom. Wisdom that is from above that he mentioned in verse number 17. Wisdom that's from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy full of good fruits and without partiality and without hypocrisy. When is the last time that you heard anyone pursuing the American dream extol uh, meekness in their life? They're, They're going after this and they're going after that and they're trying to reach out to this. Anyone trying to... How many times do we make the statement that they're is no no, uh, true politician, no truth-telling politician, I might would say. Uh, Those that are aspiring to lift themselves up, those that are aspiring to to have that position, it's, it's hard to travel that road and keep a right mindset and keep a right heart before God. The world would say it this way, Sincerity is fine so long as it sells. Sincerity is okay as long as it'll, as long as it'll promote me, as long as it'll produce in me what I have a desire of. The wisdom that is from heaven lived out perfectly in the life of Jesus finds no friend of the world. By the way, understand that it is not just the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that makes a difference in our salvation. It is His perfect life before God that matters in our salvation also. There's, there's a... I know that we've all learned that there is what's known as a cause and effect. We always have a cause and an effect. This cause and effect, if if we were to look at some things as we walk down through this scripture, we would understand James demonstrates 
how that wisdom, which is the cause, produces an effect. Earthly wisdom, he tells us, has effects. That earthly wisdom that he mentioned produces jealousy. It produces selfish ambitions. It produces a desire desire to befriend the world. Then once it's produced all of that, it produces quarrels and fightings and murder and an enmity with God. But if you contrast that with what James says in verse number 17 of chapter number 3 when he talks about that heavenly wisdom, that wisdom from above refers us back to God who gives more grace. It sends us back to Jesus and that work of Christ, that, that work of Christ in that heavenly wisdom is the cause and the cause of the work of Christ produces this kind of an effect. In chapter number 4 and verse number 8 through 10, it produces repentance and restoration followed by a new sort of wisdom that is exercised in good works. And that's what James is telling us. He's he's telling us that 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 heavenly wisdom, that wisdom that we see that is, is first pure and peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy, those things, when they are exercised, produce a harvest of righteousness. Earthly wisdom produces all of those things that James talked about that are earthly, sensual, and devilish. But that that wisdom that is of God produces a harvest of righteousness. The structure would look something like this. The cause, worldly wisdom, the effect, bitterness, jealousy, selfish ambition, broken relationships with God and with neighbor. But with Christ and the wisdom that comes from Christ, There's repentance and restoration, a renewed mind, a heavenly wisdom, good works that produce a harvest of righteousness. And considering those things that we have seen previously in chapter number 3, let's walk down through chapter number 4 and see what James has to tell us. What we're looking at this morning and what we're considering is peace versus conflict. That's basically what James is talking about here in chapter number 4, the beginning of chapter number 4. He's, he's talking about the, the way of peace versus the way of conflict. The reason for conflict, what does he tell us the reason for conflict is in verse number 1 down through verse number 3. James diagnoses the problem. What is the problem in verse number 1 down through verse number 3? Let's read that again. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Remember, James is writing to the church that's been scattered abroad, is he not? He's writing to that early church that has been scattered. They're, They're in different places. He's writing to them, and he's writing to them mainly to keep them united and keep them together. Why? Because he's heard that there's divisions. 
There's things that are pulling them apart. This one saying this, or that one saying that, or this one saying this is the way of salvation, where this one is saying this is the way of salvation. And they're, they're wanting to turn back to the old way of Judaism, which they had been practicing before. So James is writing to them, and he's writing to them, and he's diagnosing the problem of the conflict that they're having, and his diagnosis is that it is an earthly mindset and desires. Look at what he says in verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? You and I, no matter what we profess, no matter what we say that we have, no matter what we consider our walk to be, you and I still fight battles within ourselves. We fight those battles. What does God want for us? Instead of fighting those battles, he tells us, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He gives an invitation. He wants us to come to him and he wants us to find rest and that only rest that we can find is in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other rest. So James is opening this passage of Scripture and he's saying, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even from your own lust that war in your members? He said in verse number 2, You lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war. Yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it. He turns it back again upon your own lust. What is it James is talking about? He's talking about that earthly wisdom that they're seeking to promote themselves in and he's warning them that that road leads to destruction. That that road leads nowhere but to destruction. He diagnoses the problem as an earthly mindset and an earthly desire. What's he saying? He's saying we won't and we don't have. We get upset when we can't get what we want. <laughs> have you, you recall the Andy Griffith show? Do you recall the episode, The Spoiled Rich Kid? And the spoiled rich kid sits there outside of the, the garage where, where Opie's been instructed to clean the garage for a, for a certain amount of money and and the spoiled rich kids tell him, so you don't have to do that. You hold your breath or you throw a tantrum or you do this or you do that. So Opie goes in, he starts to talk to his daddy and his daddy, he don't give him what he wants. So he starts to hold his breath. So, of course, Andy looks at him and he says, that's good for your lungs. Good exercise for your lungs. <laughs> uh, he throws a tantrum. He said, I I forget what he made a statement of, but it's something comical. But anyway, he does all of these things, and it don't produce what he wants it to produce. It don't get him what he wants it to get. That's about the way we get sometimes in this world. 
if we're not careful, if we don't have our mindset right, if we're not looking in the right direction, if we're not considering Christ and considering Christ alone, then we won't and we don't get. And when we don't get, we get upset because we didn't get. When to be honest with you, that might not have been the best thing for you. And God guarded you and kept you from it because it might have been the worst thing that could have ever happened to you. And yet we look at it and think, well, woe is me. I can't have this and everybody else gets that. There's a gentleman in the Bible that did the same thing. His name's Asaph. He looked at the world. He said, they get this and they get that and they can do this and they can do that. And woe is me. But then he went to the house of God and he began to consider the things of God and he began to consider who God was and he began to consider how good God had been to him and he came out with a different point of view. We look, we we won't and we don't have. We get upset when we can't have. We look to people to meet the needs that only God can meet and we blame them when they fail to deliver. Can I just be upfront and honest with you? There is not a person alive that can give you peace in this life. They can. We're the, we're made of the same stuff. I cannot produce peace for you, nor can you produce peace for me. The only way that we can find peace is to find that peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only found in Him. We look to people to meet the needs that only God can meet. We invent all sorts of reasons why getting our way is the best way. Why our wisdom is the best wisdom. When our wisdom, the Bible tells us, is stained with selfish ambitions. He not only gives us the diagnosis, but He tells us the consequences Of our mindset. In verse number 2. He tells us what happens. He said you lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have. But you cannot obtain. You fight and you war. And yet you have not because you ask not. (laughs) You're asking the wrong person. And you're looking for the wrong thing. The flesh will fight. It's going to fight for its rights. And it's going to trample on those that get in the way. How many times have we heard people say, I want my rights. I got my rights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) James is telling us that that kind of a mindset, that kind of an attitude is leading us down the wrong road. He's telling us that that is not the best place for us. He tells us that, that we're, we, 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 we raise up in our flesh and we fight one another. We want our own rights. We're in pursuit of selfish goals. And in pursuit of those selfish goals, a lot of times we ruin friendships. We destroy marriages. And we do all of those things because we're looking inward. We're not looking outward. We're not looking to Christ. We put careers before families. We sacrifice our children at the altars of ambition. 
we, we do these things because we're not looking in the right direction. We're not looking to the right wisdom. We attack and destroy those who think differently than we do. We do not ask because we're too proud to ask. We've all done this. Or, or we make the statement, I can do this. Or we make the statement, I, I've got this. We make the statement, I don't need God. Yet we have not because we ask not, James tells us. Not only has he told us about and shown us the, the diagnosis of the problem, the consequences of the problem, but he gives us other instructions here as we look at this passage of Scripture and as we consider these, he tells us the way of peace that is contrasted from the way of destruction. Look at what he says in verse number 4 and verse number 5. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is an enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? We, we cannot hold on to both sides. We can't hold on to the wisdom of this world and hold on to the wisdom of God. They're, they're contrary to each other. They, they're, they're like oil and water. They just don't mix. They don't go together. He tells us that we can't hold on to both sides. In fact, he tells us in verse number 4, friendship with the world is an enmity with God. Therefore, whosoever desires to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The adulterers and adulteresses and ungodly affection for the things of this world is... Cheating on the one who loves you the most. Reaching out to the world. He tells us in verse number 4, he said, you know not. Paul says the same, asked the same question in, of the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. An enemy of God, hostility toward God. Those who bet on this fallen world are backing the wrong kingdom. They're setting themselves up as enemies of God. However, any hostility between them and God is all in their minds. You say, what are you saying? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21, God does not hate the sinner. He loves the sinner. He hates the sin. Loves, he loves the sinner enough that he went to Calvary's cross and died for him. The Bible tells us that Jesus was what? A friend of what? Publicans and sinners. Instead of resting in God's grace, they're running on human effort. Instead of walking by faith, they're making life's choices based on worldly points of view. 
Some say that the church should have nothing to do with sinners, secular or in society, lest they become too friendly with the world. But Jesus was what? A friend of publicans and sinners. He dined in their homes. He invested in their lives. Jesus does not want us to separate from the world or or separate from, from being in the world. He says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. He tells us that we are a peculiar people. But just because we're a peculiar people don't mean we have to be weirdos. I mean, this world don't have to look at us and think we're crazy. We are in this world and we're in this world to reach the world with with Christ. With the rest that can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ sends us into the world to be the salt and the light of the world. He instructed instructed us that that was our job in the prayer that he prayed in John chapter number 17. He said we're to be the light and the salt of the world. The scriptures speak of these things. He said, do ye ye think that the scriptures saith in vain? James is telling us here. He said the scriptures are not telling us not to reach the world. Look at what he says in verse number 6. He said, But he giveth more grace. He's instructing us that we are to let this world know that Christ has grace for them. The spirit of the unregenerated is selfish and jealous and always wanting what it does not have. Envy is the fruit of the sinful flesh. But that's not what comes from those who have the wisdom of God. The wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Spurgeon again says this, there is a spirit resident in the natural man, the human nature of man, which is always inclined toward hate and envy, always wanting to get something from the other man and always grieved when the other men seem to be or have more than that person himself has. But what does God tell us that he has? He giveth more Grace. He giveth more grace. Ultimately, the wisdom that we should choose, if we were at a crossroads in our life and we saw the two signs, earthly wisdom to the left, heavenly wisdom to the right, our our fleshly man would be trying its best to turn to the left. And go to that earthly wisdom. But he that is within us would guide us toward that heavenly wisdom. That wisdom that is not selfish. That wisdom that is not self-ambitious. 
that wisdom that is not full of vain pursuits, but is looking at Christ. Utterly, what we're looking at, the contrast that we're looking at, is the way of Christ, who set aside His glory to take up the cross for the sake of others. That's what He's teaching us. That's what He's telling us. The idea of worshiping a Jewish man whose ministry resulted in his crucifixion seems foolish to this world. But to we who find rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's wonderful. The virtues that flow through heavenly wisdom or wisdom that comes from from above is mercy and meekness and gentleness. Christ's only ambition. Christ's only ambition as a man was to be obedient to the Father and to die the death on the cross for sinners. That was His only ambition. What should our ambition be? Paul tells us that we have no boasting save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no I, I have no boasting save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that we strive to be crucified, but that we boast and strive to show the obedience that Christ had to the Father, and we strive to show the crucifixion that he went through on our behalf. We're going, if, if you and I are going to have any ambition, James is instructing us that the ambition that you and I ought to have is an ordinary ambition to display an extraordinary Savior. If you and I are to have an ambition, it should be an ordinary ambition to display an extraordinary Savior. What is that going to do? That's not going to lift me up. It's going to lift Him up. And that's the way it should be. Christ did come to earth to make friends. Not with the worldly system of selfishness. But he came to make friends with sinners. Paul said of sinners who he was chief. I would stand with Paul in saying the same thing. Christ came to make friends of sinners. You know what Christ did? Christ came to make friends of you and to restore the relationship between you and God. He came to reconcile. He came to rescue. He came to draw us to the Lord Jesus, to, to, to the Father. Look at what he says. He even said this in verse number 8. He said, draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. That, that's the desire. That's what James is calling us to do, is to be drawn to God. He has shown us in this passage of Scripture, He's shown us 
the contrast between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And he's instructed us to search for that heavenly wisdom, that wisdom that is pure and peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy. It's full of good fruit. It's without partiality. It's without hypocrisy. And it produces within us fruit of righteousness. That fruit of righteousness is not us working up some righteousness. That is us resting in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing Him to work in us, allowing Him to work through us that this world might see that there's something besides that earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom that we see so prevalent in the world. It's the wisdom that comes from above. That wisdom that is pure. That wisdom that we find only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray.